Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2 on Sports Podcast for March 24th. Last week in March, can you guys believe it? Next week is goddamn April. Next week's the final four. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2 on Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF 2 on Instagram at ETOF 2 on Sports underscore. Free horse racing picks at ETOF 2 on Sports underscore horse underscore racing for fantasy football at etop 21 sports underscore fantasy and the sporting news stuff at etop 21 sports underscore sports underscore news wow great 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 tournament been so far plus 6.8 u we looked at rebound jesus christ talk about a awful betting period i was on we got through conference tournaments fine wasn't my best one but you know, we're still up plus 52 U and change on the season, so we can't really complain about that. We have a great show for you tonight. Obviously, David's usually on here. David had some work stuff going on, so he can't come on. I will tell you what I'm going to be betting in the Elite Eight right now. I am going to be taking UConn minus the two. I really question Gonzaga's ability to play defense. Let's be honest. They're defensively, they're not too good. What UCLA does offensively, they, they couldn't really take advantage of what UConn, well, excuse me, what Gonzaga lacks defending. I think UConn is going to be able to exploit the interior defense and Gonzaga's lack of having Chet, Chet Holgram there, who went to the NBA. They really are weak defending the rim. I think UConn's big man is going to be able to eat. I am a little worried, though, however, that UConn is due for some shooting regression. They've been shooting lights out in this tournament. There is going to be a game where they're not going to be able to hit threes. We saw that Marquette in the Big East Championship where they couldn't make a three. They're going to have to rely on getting to the rim, I feel, in order to beat Gonzaga because that shooting regression is coming. Next game, give me the Owls. Um, I don't mean to be mean. And this is, this is a funny thing to me about betting. I just want to make money. I really... I have my teams I like, I bet for them, I bet against them, but I'm able to separate my fandom from betting. And I really feel that's why I'm good at betting. Because I, I look at it two different things. But some of these people on here, like you bet against your team, their team, you act like you're taking a personal attack on them. I'm not taking a personal attack on you if I don't bet on your team. I'm looking to fund my bank account because I'll be honest, this is how I make the majority of my money doing this stuff. And... By me doing my stuff, I'm trying to help you guys make money. How do you guys start understanding the process of being a successful sports better? There's a reason why I have people come on these shows and me talk about sports betting. And if you listen to any of these shows that I do on BTV when I go on Gina, Gino or the ETOF21 Sports Show live every Tuesday on YouTube and Twitch, this week's guest, Jack from the DRF Sportsbook, you can see how analytically I break down the game. And people get upset with me when my Kansas State case. Let's let's just be honest. Looking at shot quality, they beat Montana State by less than two points. They lost to Kentucky, and I'm looking at it right now, they lost to Michigan State best on shot quality. So using shot quality, which I think if you don't use shot quality in your betting, I don't know how you're not doing it. They should be gone. And this team has overachieved. They hit a hot spot. Good for them. I'm not hating. They're playing well. But I really feel that their negative shooting regression is going to be coming. I think it comes against FAU. FAU is four guys that can shoot in a seven-footer and they're physical as hell. I like FAU. I'm going to take FAU plus the two points. So for the Saturday bets, FAU plus the two. And, of course, UConn minus the 
Two, I'm really worried about Gonzaga's ability to defend at the rim, as I was saying. So those are the bets for the Elite Eight that we're going to be locking in. As always, make sure to give me a follow on YouTube at Etoff21Sports. I do daily videos there where I give out my picks and make sure to follow me on the Action Network while put everything in there and track everything in there. So please make sure to follow that. Like I said, we have a great show for you today. Nick is going to be stopping by. We're going to talk some fantasy football, but in terms of talking about who's going, who's ranked where, we're going to look at Aaron Rodgers. What happens if he goes to the Jets? Who are we going to look to target? We're going to look at Lamar, what teams Lamar could go to, and who are we going to target based on where Lamar goes. And then my boy Brandon's going to come on, and we're going to tell you what NASCAR bets to lock in. No Jimbo today. Jimbo's on work too, so Jimbo and David are not here today because of work. But like I said, we have a great show for you today, so let's jump right into it. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some fantasy football, and who better to come back to the podcast and talk than Nick, a.k.a. at N.A. Fantasy on Twitter. Nick, how are you doing today, my man? Great, man. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Um, you know, big game tonight with your boys. Your boys doing the Texas Longhorns. Oh, I know. A prediction for the people, my man. I got uh, I got Texas winning by five. Texas winning by five. High scoring or low scoring game? High scoring. So Nick says to parlay the over and the Texans <laughs> minus four. You hear to hear first. <laughs> yeah. And sorry about your Spartans yesterday. Yeah. That was yeah. a tragic loss. Team stuff happens. I know. Now, we're here to talk about fantasy. With there being so many moving parts at the quarterback position, Nick and I aren't going to break down the rankings because where Rodgers goes is going to affect what we think of him, where Lamar goes. I mean, is Drassley going to is he going to go to the Colts? Is he going to go to the Patriots? Is he going to go to the Lions? Is he going to go to the Packers? Is he going to go to the Dolphins? Is he going to stay at the Ravens? With there's so many moving parts we just don't want to say, hey, this is where we rank Lamar. We want to see where Lamar and him go, Lamar and Rodgers go. So what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about potential places that these players could end up on and what are the fantasy ramifications for the other players. So let's start with Lamar. Now, personally, for me, I think it's – the, the Jets, obviously, if they don't get Rodgers, something funky happens. The Commanders are Titans. Where do you think he ends up, Nick? You know, I like those, uh, but I also think, you know, he could end up with the Patriots or even the Colts, in my opinion. Interesting, interesting. Now, obviously, with Lamar, let's start with the Commanders. With Lamar Jackson going to the Commanders, if he does, they have B. Rob, Brian Robinson, and A.G. Antonio Gibson. Who do you think will be the number one back there in that situation? You know, I think one of the things you got to remember, uh, one of the main things is that with with the commanders hiring Eric Bieniemy, um, you know, they're going to keep that zone blocking scheme that Robinson has had since he was in college. You know, he also had the same one last year. So I think plus that RPO action that will open stuff up for Robinson. I really feel like he's going to be the guy. He's going to get the open running lanes, and he's got the potential to be a top 20 running back uh, this year if, you know, if he ends up there. 
Now, in terms of the receiving position, the tight ends and the wide receivers, who do you think is going to make the next leap for the commanders? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's got to be at the tight end position. You know, with the enemy coming from the Chiefs offense where Kelsey was a top receiving threat and Lamar Jackson who turned, you know, Mark Andrews into, you know, a household name, I think that that potential is there for the tight end at, at the commanders to also, you know, really step up and get a, see a lot more targets and get a lot more volume. Uh, that being for now, Logan Thomas, uh, I think he's a potential target um, to take a, a big leap in his career. If Lamar Jackson ended up there. Now for me, the elephant in the room would be scary. Kerry McLaurin. I think the ceiling for him is the 2021 season that Hollywood Brown had buck 46 targets, 91 receptions, six TDs. But I really don't feel that's going to be realistic for him in year one when literally they have no relationship. I really don't know. So I guess if he goes there as crazy as it sounds, are we going to be out on Kerry McLaurin? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I think you kind of have to fade him uh, because, you know, if Jackson's there, they're going to want to want to run a run heavy scheme. And, you know, scary Terry's going to see his volume go down significantly, in my opinion, as well. Now, is there a wide receiver that you'd look to target for the commanders if Lamar Jackson happened to go there? Yeah, I think Curtis Samuel works well uh, here. You know, he likes to work the underneath. He can line up underneath more. Plus, he can line up in the backfield as well. So I think Lamar Jackson has been known to, you know, throw to his tight ends, throw underneath. And, you know, if he is lining up in the backfield, he can also be a part of that run-heavy scheme they, had, they, they could potentially run. Now, is there any worries that you have with Jackson potentially going to the commanders. Yeah. I mean, one of my worries is, is kind of the enemy. Uh, you know, if he's not the guy, he can't run the offense. You know, <laughs> I think there's a reason why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job. Um, and that could be due to the fact that I really think Andy Reed was doing all the play calling in Kansas city. So we'll truly see, you know, if he if Lamar ended up there, we'd have to see if the enemy can actually run that offense. So, you know, there's a little bit of skepticism there to be worked out. Now, let's shift our attention over to the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, you know, they got the whole Tannehill contract situation. Let's just hypothetically say the Titans make a move and they go after Lamar Jackson. What's your thought process? Uh, well, the. The big rumor is that Derrick Henry's on the move. So, you know, it's hard to project who will be that starting running back in the Titans backfield. Um, there's also one player whom I'm really, really interested in, uh, you know, if Lamar Jackson is that quarterback. And that's their tight end, who's uh, really tough to pronounce. Uh, Shigozium she, she Okonkwo. We're just going to call him Okonkwo. We're just going to call him Okonkwo. Yeah. yeah, we're just gonna go with Okonkwo. Tough to say, but again, you know, he could be another Mark Andrews for Lamar Jackson. You know, he had 46 targets, 32 receptions last year with Jackson's 
history of throwing underneath, you know, the, to the tight end, Okonkwo could easily be in for a huge season if Jackson signs with the Titans. Is there any other playmakers or wide receivers that you'd be interested in if Jackson were to go to the Titans? You know, not at this point. I really don't have anybody else on that team that I would significantly target uh, based on what they have right now. Now, let's shift our attention over to a team you mentioned. You mentioned the New England Patriots. Why do you think the Patriots would make such a move? <laughs> because Bill Belichick is always a wild card, man. He's You never know. And, I mean, we can all agree that Mac Jones isn't really working out. I mean, the rule of thumb here is that QBs, you know, if they don't make that year one leap to year two, you know, it's really not going to happen for them. And Jones last year, as which was the second year, you know, he was benched during the season. So, um, you know, it could have been the lack of the offensive coordinator, QB coach for the Patriots, whatever it may be. But I think also with the way Jackson plays, he can hide the issues uh, that the Patriots have with their offensive line because of how mobile he is, you know, plus this franchise is really used to winning. Obviously since Brady left, they've been below the standard uh, that Robert Kraft really wants to see. So making a move for Jackson would make this team a playoff team, I think right off the bat. And when you have Belichick as your coach, you know, really anything's possible there. So what players would you be interested in? if Jackson were to somehow end up on the Patriots. Yeah. With, uh, you know, with Damian Harris just now being uh, going over and signing with the bills, you know, I think Ramondre Stevenson has got to be, you know, a guy you really look at in the backfield there. Um, you know, he's going to get, and he's going to have a really good year. I mean, he put up, he put up huge numbers uh, last, last year. Yeah. Last yeah. year. And then, you know, he would have, you know, he'd be a top 10 wide or top 10 running back, you know? So I, but again, he's probably going to get a little overdrafted, you know, but with Jackson going, that would be my one big concern because let's, it's important sometimes to kind of, I I don't know what we call it. Game theory here. Let's say like you and I spend an absorbent amount on, on fantasy football more than the normal person does, but let's say it's a normal person. And you see Stevenson is production. You see that the other guy was Harris. Harris has now left the building. It's his backfield. You bring in Lamar. So immediately, this guy, I feel, is going to be a top 10 pick of Lamar goes there. Am I wrong with that thought? No, I, I agree. I think it's going to, his usage is, and his production is going to bump up immensely. Now, is there any wide receiver you'd be interested in? in uh Foxborough again I'm not going to look to a wide receiver I'm gonna look to the tight end you know I really think Hunter Henry you know is uh is the guy that would you know get a lot of production there you know when he was with the Chargers he was averaging 71 targets a season um you know 49 receptions and 580 yards so he hasn't come close to that production with the Patriots obviously but that could be you know hindering on quarterback offensive line issues. Um, But with Jackson being a more mobile quarterback, he can get out of the pocket. He can throw to Henry. So I could see Henry making a jump here and kind of getting back to, you know, what he used to be, um, you know, with the chargers. Now, the last team you mentioned, 
and boy, do I find this one interesting because they, what are they sitting at the fourth pick? I know. I love this one. Indianapolis Colts. I think this one is very interesting because, you know, the, the Colts just hired the OC, um, Shane Steichen, Steichen, that's his last name, uh, for the OC from Philly, who, you know, as we saw last year, their offense with Hertz and Sanders and all the other running backs, you know, they were averaging 152 rushing yards a game. So I think him coming in, brings that that heavy run scheme you know he's going to be the he should be the play caller there um and you know if lamar jackson comes in there and they have jonathan taylor that combo is pretty scary um lamar would fit right into that that offensive scheme that shane has and the only thing is that it's it'll be interesting to see what the colts do do they do they decide to go for a veteran in lamar or do they keep with that number four pick and go with the, I guess, fourth best quarterback that's going to get picked because they are on the tail end. And if it goes four quarterbacks in a row, they're going to get the last one. Is it their guy? It might be, but it might not be. So you really want to use that much equity on someone that is around, you know what I mean? Someone that is there, someone, someone that you don't want, I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Do you want somebody established or do you want somebody do you, or do you want to start all over and take a risk on a rookie? I don't know. Now who on the Colts would you be interested in? I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I would be, uh, I mean, that goes without saying, but, um, you know, the, the tough thing is that again, I'd be, I'd be interested in another tight end in that position, in that, uh, scenario with Jackson going there uh, right now, their tight end depth is not great. So uh, Kylan Grayson is the number one guy on their tight end depth charts right now. Um, but we'll really see who the number one tight end is as the season get close gets closer. But I think you should still wherever Lamar ends up, I think there's going to be an uptick in production as we've said with the tight ends. I exactly. I think we can expect a little bit like someone like a Pittman, I think, isn't as valuable. No, no. The like number a, the number here. one wide receiver, I feel like they're all going to lose production when yeah. where Lamar goes. And the Colts are an interesting thing because, I mean, the, the point you bring up is an excellent point. Because all these teams, they have, they list their top four quarterbacks. Now, some teams may have Stroud, Young, Levis, Richardson, whoever on the top. But the, the bottom line is it's really rare that all teams are are in that are in order. So hypothetically, they're the fourth team that needs a quarterback. Their fourth rated quarterback on their board is there for them to pick, but he's their number 15 prospect overall. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's could be the dilemma the Colts are in. Yeah. Because Shane because Shane's gonna look for I mean, I would assume he's looking for a dual threat running quarterback. And so if he doesn't that, get with that being said, I mean, that's basically in my eye. I don't think uh, Levis has an arm, but he's not like a world beater no. running the ball like no. young, excuse me, young Richardson and Stroud are. So if it's Levis, that could be a possibility on the board. 
that's what I'm saying is that Levis is the is the interesting one. If Levis falls to four, I don't know. They might they might go after Lamar if he's still. I mean, if he's still available, that's the thing. We don't know how long this is going to take. So, you know, that's Levis. I looked at his stats and he ran for like 300 yards in 2021 at like three and a half yards a carry. And then last year he ran for a negative, negative 107 yards. So, I mean, because his offense, he had offensive line issues and things like that. So if he goes into a team, you know, with a bad (laughs) offensive line, he might struggle a lot. And I mean, who knows, like maybe, I mean, there's a couple tight ends on the board that are pretty interesting. Like maybe adult and Kincaid is someone that they pick up that could mm-hmm. be that guy, a Luke Musgrave, a Tucker Kraft. I mean, because obviously I feel that Darnell Washington, and who's mainly a blocker, and Mike Meyer are going to be well off the board by the time that the Colts are going to getting around to pick up a tight and now let's shift our attention over to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think it's safe to assume he's going to the Jets. But before I want to go in this, um, for those listening, Nick is a Packers fan. As a fan, do you want them to move on from Rodgers? Do you want Rodgers to come or do you want do you want it to be Jordan Love's team? I guess like are you happy they're trading him or do you want him back? Are you pissed off? He's demanding me a trade. Like for your fandom, what, what's going through your head right now? Oh, I mean, it's tough. I, I loved watching Aaron Rodgers, but as the past few years have gone on, it's just becoming kind of a soap opera and I'm getting tired of it. And I, yeah, I, I think they have to move on from him now. I don't know what's taking so long with this trade, but it's going to happen. Um, you know, but it's going to be, it's going to take some time to rebuild the team. The team's depth chart does not look great right now. And, uh, you know, it's going to take, they're going to, they're going to need to draft some players. So I hope that in this trade, they get a lot of draft picks uh, out of it that can help the team rebuild. Now I'm just, just asking you, because you said a lot of draft picks. (laughs) Realistically. What are you thinking? Oh God, I don't even I don't even know what they're trying to cook up because I've heard so many stories about they could be there could be multiple players being traded with Rodgers uh, to the Jets and the Jets aren't going to give up anybody. So, I mean, I would I would love to see, you know, four or five draft picks, you know, a couple high ones, a couple mid rounders over the next couple of years. I mean, they got to, they got to, they got to figure out a way to rebuild, you know, this, and you're going to, God, you're going to freaking, you're (laughs) going to freaking hate me, dude. You're going to, you're going to hate, you're going to hate what I'm going to say. And I'm sorry. I'm going to say this. Okay. Realistically, because he has, he didn't look good this year. I don't think his trade value is that big. So, so realistically, and, and don't hate me. Don't hate me. <laughs> Straight up for the 13th pick. I think a conditional pick in 2024. Then they have the 42nd and 43rd round pick in 
this year's draft or you get a second and third last from last year from net from 2024. So you get 2024's second and third, not this year's next year's second and third. And then Corey Davis and Jermaine Johnson. Lord. And we still have to pay off part of Rogers' contract too. (laughs) No, I I think part of it, because you aren't taking as many of them, part of the jet, the jets have to absorb the majority of the contract. Well, yeah, I mean, they should absorb most of it, but I mean, the the Packers are still going to have to pay some of it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't but, know what the heck they're doing because this is taking so long. <laughs> but I mean, like, if I'm the Jets and nothing like Rodgers nails back in the day, nails. But I'm gonna call us, last year. He sucked. Yeah. He was bad last year. He was. And like after winning back to back MVPs, yeah, <laughs> he was bad. And the Jets, if I'm the Jets GM, I'm not gonna pay a premium on those last two those seasons two and three years ago i want to pay what i saw last season and plus he's going to be a year older i think those packages what i what i filled out i thought they were pretty good dude i thought those were good packages they're 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 going to try to buy low that's for sure but i think he's just he's just waiting out to get all the right pieces there uh so you know he can try to make a run obviously at a super bowl um which will kill me if he wins a Super Bowl with the Jets. But no, he's not going to win a Super Bowl. And like, dude, <laughs> like, dude, this is my bold take. Are you ready for this? I don't think yeah. I've ever told you this before. If Jay Cutler doesn't get hurt, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a Super Bowl. I, I totally agree with that. If he didn't break his nail uh, or whatever he did in that game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're um, right. Now let's. Now, hypothetically, you know, it's, it's really hard to decide what's going on in the Rams, excuse me, in the Jets' backfield. Uh, with Bryce Hall coming back, we don't really know when or where. They've been kind of secretive. There is a report coming out of Denver, for those people with Gervonta Williams, that the injury isn't healing up as, as the Broncos had wished. Now, there's no real report with Bryce Hall, but I'm always kind of leery. So we're not going to talk about him, but we are going to talk about what wide receiver we think is going to be the guy to target. And I know we have differing opinions. I think it's going to be Alan Lazard. Who do you think? I think it's going to be Garrett Wilson. Um, Lay it on me, big dog. I mean, he had 83 catches for 11 with 1,100 yards in his rookie season with a carousel of quarterbacks. And I mean, most of the time Zach Wilson was throwing to him. So I think it's a huge upgrade in passing accuracy and just an overall higher football IQ, obviously with Aaron Rodgers. Um, So I think Rodgers can turn Garrett Wilson into an every year top, top 10, top 15 wide receiver while he's there. Um, You know, Rodgers has to show up training camp this year. If when, when the trade happens, because he needs to be with his new team and he needs to practice with them. But I think he'll, develop a uh, quick downfield relationship with Wilson. And I think he's going to turn him into a, you know, even, even bigger talent. Now I think it's going to be Lazard because Rogers is going to target who he trusts. He trusts Lazard last season. Everyone was saying Watson was going to be the number one wide receiver for the Packers. But when you look at the stats, 
Lazard, more targets, more receptions, more yards, and he averaged more targets per game. Important stat to look at because Watson, a couple games, Watson didn't play. So average target per game I felt was important to look at. And in Rodgers' history, the one thing he has shown us is what? He throws the ball to who he trusts to. If he doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. We saw after Watson dropped that first ball in that week one, it took him a while <laughs> to gain back Aaron Rodgers' trust. Because of that, I think he's going to start throwing to Lazard, and Lazard's going to be that guy. Here's my only argument is that Lazard is Rodgers' security blanket on third down. So he's going to get targets, but it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be a lot of short yardage stuff because – He's going to be going after him on third and short just to make sure they get that first down. So, yes, I think he will throw the ball to Lazard, but Lazard's production will not be as much as Garrett Wilson's. That's my opinion. Interesting. Interesting. We'll have to have a nice little little (laughs) beverage bet on that. Nick, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show, talking about the Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers situation in terms of fantasy. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at NAA fantasy on Twitter. Make sure to give Nick a follow. We will talk next week, my friend. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Please make sure to give my boy Nick at NAA fantasy on Twitter, a follow great dude knows his stuff. He's going to be coming on the podcast more and more and more as we start revving up for foot ball now let's shift our attention over to nascar with our boy brandon at boston boy 83 we have reached the part of the podcast where we are talking nascar and just like he's here every single week brandon at boston boy 83 has stopped by brandon how you doing today my man looking to have some luck at the circus this weekend so we're going to coda And there's this big rule change this year with the choose the lane. Why don't you tell everybody what that is? Yeah. So all your ovals, you have the choose the choose cone, basically, even though it's a line in the track, every driver picks low or high. If you touch the line, it's a penalty. You go to the back. It's happened before, but long story short, choose inside or outside. It's never happened at a road course. They're doing it this weekend. So it'd be interesting with that really sharp uphill, sharp left turn, if you're going to see a lot of drivers take the inside to not get pushed out, if you're going to see guys further back, take the outside to move up. So seeing a choose on a road course, it will be interesting to see the strategy after uh, I'd probably say stage two when they go to choose. Now, last year <laughs> was interesting. What do you yes. like remind everyone what happened last year? Chastain had the lead. Dinger kind of pushed him out the way a little bit. Bowman came into the mix. And Ross, the watermelon man himself, sent both of those guys into the not even grass, rubble, whatever you want to call it, to win to win. I think it was his first race, his first yeah. NASCAR race. Yeah. So it, it was down to the wire, and it was probably one of the best road course finishes I've ever seen. Now I have three drivers i'm betting to win in two top tens what uh how many drivers are on your betting card for sunday i've got four uh four winners and possibly one top 10 that i'm going to side with you 
So since I have five, I'll kick us off. My first one, I'll start with my top 10. This is just the principal play. I see Denny Hamlin at top 10 at plus 155. I have to lock it in. I know he struggled recently at road courses, but when you see six top 10s in his last 15 road races and just with the history of him in the car and I'm getting plus 155 at a top 10, that's just the principal price play right there. I'm sorry. I wish I had these datical data points to back it up, but six out of 15 top 10s, Denny Hamlin, Give it to me plus 155 all day. Can't argue with that. I'm going to go right to my winner that it's going to be right at the front. He's been there all season. He won the race last year. I'm going to Ross Chastain himself, eight to one. I, I just can't steer away from him. It's a good number. It's a guy that won the race, and it's a guy that's been competitive every single race this season. So I can't not bet against the Watermelon Man this week at eight to one. Chastain is one guy I bet to win as well. Just looking at it, eight to one. There's been two races here. Of the two races, he's led the most laps. He's led 28.5% of all laps ran at this course. And the two races here, he's won it and he's a fourth place. So he's done very, very well at this track and he's had a good start to the season. So Chastain, eight to one. I'm all on him as well. Next bet, my friend. Me and you both know we're going to have this one together. The Dinger himself, 12 to 1. Any road course I ever see this man at 8 to 12 to 1, or 8 or higher, I should say. He's a road course guy, period. Dominated Xfinity Series. Has, he's up front against Chastain last year. Every road course, the man's there. And now with Elliott not running this week, that takes It'll him out of the equation. So I, I can't not bet the Dinger at 12 to 1. Backing up your point, I'm on the dinger as well. Looking at it, he's got 12 career wins at a road course. 12 career wins at a road course. Legit, one of the best road course drivers. If this was strictly a road course type circuit, he'd be in the top top betting favorite yes. probably to win at top four. So I'm all on dinger 12 to 1 as well. Brandon, what is your next one, my friend? Christopher Bell, another road course guy that I think is just doing well in the next gen card that I can't stare away from at 12 to one. Um, I don't want the stats to really back it, but the way he's been in the mix this year and he seems to always be around at a road course. He's been close to getting a couple wins. He was there at Atlanta. He's going to have a win this season, at least one. He'll be in the playoffs and it could come as early as at the circus this weekend. My next one, now just listen to this. Last year, this guy's road results. Just listen, and then I want you to get, guess the driver. Second, six, tenth, ten, nine, six. Those are his results at road courses. Cindric? Chris Busher. Oh, shit. Shoot. Yeah. Top 10, plus 150. Worst finish on a road course was 10th last year. He is one of the most underrated road course drivers. I don't think he can win the race, but with this history of last year never finishing outside of the top 10, and I'm getting that good of a price, I absolutely have to bet Chris Buescher at plus 150 for a top 10 finish. All right. I can't argue with that. So I want to see if you can guess this driver. 
for years he has talked about at the road course. When you mentioned Larson, you mentioned Elliott, Watkins Glen, one-two finish multiple times. He's good on road courses, but recently you don't hear the man's name much at an oval, and you really didn't hear his name a whole lot last year at a road course. But for years in a row, the man was finishing second or first at road courses consistently. Kevin Harvick. No. Oh. God, you, you just want to say that. Martin Truex Jr. himself, 25 to 1. You have a man that was, I don't want to even call it dominating road courses, but it was getting consistent top fives, compete for the wins, winning one here and there. He was getting outdone by Elliott for a couple years at these road courses, but was right on the bumper multiple times. I can't avoid looking at his name at a road course and seeing 25 to one and not betting him. So that basically the same thought process with me and Hamlin with my top 10. Yes. Same. Basically just the same, basically just the absolutely the same, the same thought process recently with the car. Like, I don't know if he struggled with the next gen. I don't know. Like he's struggling a little bit. Big guy struggling a little bit, but he's got to have a breakthrough at some point. And I just seeing that name at 25 to one, it's not a super speedway. I I can't not touch him. So. Yeah. It's basically, it's basically just a principal play. Yes. It's a principal play. My next one. Um, Good road coast driver. Um, you know, you throw out the Charlotte Oval and Watkins Glen, like those were his worst finishes. Indy Indy last year, too. Road of America seven, Sonoma five, Coda eight, the Indy Road Course in uh August of 2021, ninth. I'm going with Austin Cendrick, another yeah. proven road course winner. He's done well at Xfinity races. I think. I think with this little bit of a slow start to the year and also with a 21 at Charlotte and a 13 at Watkins Glen, he's getting a little bit overlooked. I'm seeing at 15 to one. I absolutely, I absolutely love him. So I'm going to be playing Austin Sendrick at 15 to one. There you have it. Those are our bets for the NAS NASCAR race at Coda for this weekend. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming on, taking time out of your week to tell everyone what to bet. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? Boston Boy 83 Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, one more thing before I let you go. You are a huge, huge, huge Miami fan. And they have an absolute huge game, um, I believe, on Friday night when this is coming out. Give it to me, big dog. Where do you think? If we play a second half, if we play a full game, like we played the second half against Indiana, we can sneak it out. But we can't have an average first half against a huge shooting team like Houston and get a win. Like, I want to sit here as a homer and be like, yeah, sweet 16. We don't number four out, but I just, I'm not overly confident. I'd love to, there's been upsets throughout. I'd love to see it. I'm still pulling for the U, man. I just, I'll take the seven all day. I will. 
but Wong has to be hitting shots early. You can't have Wong going into the second half with four points, six points. He has to be hitting contested jumpers early and stay that way if we're going to have a shot. That is going to be our key is Wong. I like Miami there too. I have a big future invested in them, so I hopefully they can get it done. I wish you nothing but the best. Make sure you give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Until next week, my friend. Cast some tickets. Coda. Please make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83 on all social media. That's it for today's podcast. Got to give Brandon a lot of credit. Brandon always brings the energy with his outros. Great show. Thanks for tuning in. Always reminder, the ETOF 2-1 Sports Show is live every single Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Set those reminders for that. Jack from the DRF Sportsbook, him and I are going to tell you what Final Four best to lock in. Also tell you some MLB futures, so I'm really looking forward to that. With college basketball ending, we'll be shifting our attention over to the NBA, MLB, we will have maybe some golf coverage going on. Then after that, we're going to shift back to football. Because believe it or not, football's right around the corner, guys. Free agency, NFL draft. I'm going to be at the NFL draft with the Sports Live, Sports Live Talk South crew. So I'm really looking forward to that. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure if you could leave a review on this podcast, it would really help your boy out. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.